Hello and welcome to the Run Talk Run podcast episode five. My name is Josh Peter and I'm joined by Jessica Robson. Hello. Hey Jess. Um, so on this sunny Wednesday evening in April, we are still in lockdown. Um, how has your day been? It's been lovely, thank you. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely enjoying that sunshine that you mentioned. Um, it's making everything a bit brighter. Uh, yeah, it's all good. How are things with you? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm sort of finding that on Sundays, I don't know why, because the Monday is very similar to the Sunday, but I'm getting this kind of like build up of all my days. I've got five days of, of trying to work from home. Um, but once I get into a bit of a routine and, and I think I found my routine that works, which is like morning yoga, lunchtime indoor cycle and then like a nice slow evening run is sort of doing good things for me in between in between you know work so mm. I think I found my routine which is good um, but I have seen you've been continuing doing the run talk run chats and, and your runs in the morning how's that thing how's that been going I've been loving them they like you say with your um, routine the morning runs are giving me some structure which is so appreciated it's so nice to still have that run talk run vibe in my life <laughs> to be able to run and chat to someone is yeah it's what I was missing so it's good to have it back it's yeah it's totally right and I, I just think it's you know it's, there's always going to be this time right now where you know it's everyone is going to be a little bit up and down um and it's just sort of how we're going about managing that like on Sunday I was just thinking when I went for my run I was like I just really want to stop and just like shout in a field and let all my anger out on the world you know <laughs> but you suddenly the next day you wake up you think no I can do this I can get through the day I'm you know I'm feeling all right and I think you know, one of the things is there is there are no expectations right now. And, you know, there's there's no plans like socially. There's no plans in terms of races. And mm. so actually you've just got to go about, I guess, you know, working on the little things at the moment and the, those little kind of self-improvements that are maybe a little bit more wholesome. Absolutely. It's definitely um, an up and down journey for everyone. And it seems to be the same with everyone that I'm talking to. Um, one good thing, like you say, it's like where you there are no social plans. I feel like it's um, taken away a lot of decisions that had to be made in like normal life. Like, oh, do I want to go for this coffee? Do I want to squeeze in the shopping on the way home? And all the things like decision overwhelm is just taken away. It, it totally nice. is. And like, I, I am the worst at like filling my diary with with things. And that's kind of taken that element out a little bit. So in that respect, I do feel a little bit kind of, you know, a little bit liberated in, in that respect. Um, and sort of doing doing little things have, have been really, really helpful. But it is it is really weird to not sort of look forward and plan things. I think that's been that's definitely been a challenge that I'm sort of still getting my head around. Um, but I guess, mm. you know, we just got to we just got to find the little things to, to focus on and uh, and to take enjoyment out of. Yeah, forcing us to be present, isn't it? And not plan ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so we, we're for a bit of a treat tonight. Uh, we've got um, Jane Vong Voracoti um, is joining us in part two. And um, she's, she's quite a remarkable person. Um, she started off as a, um, as a professional uh, football player in, in the US. And she also represented a country um, of Thailand, um, you know, uh, internationally playing football. Um, but then she she got herself into running, and um, from there she um, I think she holds eleven 
um, national records for Thailand in running from the 5K all the way up to marathon distance. And she also represented uh, Thailand at the at the Rio Olympic Games. And um, you, you've met her, Jess. Uh, what, what's she like as a person? She is wonderful, super, super, super humble. So she came to the Run Talk Run birthday um, last year. And yeah, it wasn't until she sort of spoke that everyone sort of realised, oh, she's not just, you know, a run talk runner. <laughs> she, she's, you know, an Olympic runner. So yeah, she got stuck right in with our run talk run vibes. And yeah, she's just a really lovely person. Yeah. And I think she's so informed and, and very self-aware of, uh, of uh, you know, her own mental health and also trying to help other people improve as well. And I think she's a very... Um, you know, a very generous um, person in terms of running. And I mean that as a lot of runners can be very selfish and focus on their own goals. And I think she's quite driven to help others. So, um, yeah, do enjoy that in part two. Um, but just to, just to round off part one, there, there are obviously many ways you can get in touch with us um, through Instagram, which is at runtalkrun. Um, you can email us, which is jessica at runtalkrun.com. And do also check out the website as well. And I think it's worth saying um, that on the website, we also do have, merchandise as well so if you want to rep a run to run t-shirt or vest or hoodie um and all the money goes to a fantastic cause of supporting run to run then um then check it out on the website is that a good plug for the for the merch jess it is yes yeah <laughs> can keep spreading the word whilst we're isolated on our solo runs. so um so that's it for part one um do stay with us in part two where we chat to jane and uh we'll catch you in a little bit Hello and welcome to the Run Talk Run podcast, episode five. Um, I'm joined by Jessica Robson. Hello. And I'm also joined by Jane Vongvorachoti. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's great. So, um, Jess, do you want to explain a little bit how you guys um, first got in touch? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm really excited um, to introduce Jane to you all. Um, Jane has had absolutely fascinating journey um, from playing professional soccer uh, in America um, through to competing in marathon distance at the 2016 Olympics. Um, and Jane reached out to Run Talk Run last year, probably about a year ago, and has been a good friend of ours since. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us, Jane. Um, how's your day been so far? Uh, Busy in different ways, <laughs> but pretty good. <laughs> good, good. I think um, what would be really sort of fascinating for the listeners to this podcast is to sort of learn um, about what took you from, you know, your journey with soccer into running long distance. Can you tell us about that transition and how it all came about? Uh, sure. Um, basically, I found that, you know, when you play a sport and you're competitive, you try to have any advantage over anybody else as possible. And, you know, when I played soccer, I found that when we had like the mile test or we had some kind of distance thing, um, I would just, you know, annihilate everyone else. But then if it was like sprinting, you know, I'd maybe be in the back or dependent on what it was. And 
So I said, well, if, you know, especially in a soccer field, if you can, you know, run faster than other people, or if you're a little bit smarter than other people, and you can last the entire game, you'll be able to play more um, and stuff like that. And so I kind of was like, let me improve my running. So I'd do more runs on my own and add those in. Um, when I adjusted, I played in Thailand for the national team um, in order to make sure that um, I was fit for the um, on the field. I'd go out at, you know, 12 in the middle of the day, which people thought I was crazy. And I would run around the soccer field and trying to like, you know, adapt to the environment. Um, so I kind of used it in the beginning as you know, to up my game in soccer. And then I, then I found that I really enjoyed it. Um, and then just, you know, it would be like, I want to see if I can run to the mall from my house. Um, uh, <laughs> and so then I would do something that had, you know, no watch, nothing. And, you know, I made sure at that point, well, I didn't have a cell phone or I didn't run with one. So, um, I had like, you know, a quarter with me or two, um, so I can call my parents because I thought it was pretty far from home when in fact it was probably, it was just, I mean, it is long depending on what your distance is, but it was four miles and I surely didn't want to run four miles back. Um, so I think that's how I kind of began like my running. Before you started like using any stats or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Um, so I know that you were, drawn to reach out to our run talk run community because of the mental health support element of our runs and um, can you tell us about you know how you use running to support your mental health um so I did uh I have explained it um when I've come to your talk and stuff like that and um I've been through mental health like I've had mental health issues in the past um and so I think you know um I've learned to use it, you know, in order to get past low points and, you know, points where I felt I needed to just get outside. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, you can use it in many different ways. And I've found that, you know, in the beginning when I had depression to begin with, um, and I wasn't confident in myself that I went out and saw someone playing soccer and, you know, I wasn't very motivated. I was like, oh, maybe I could do that. And, you know, and so I tried to do that and I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. Not too bad. And then I had a treadmill. I remember, um, in my basement as I was coming out from this period of depression, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like, you know, let me just try running on the treadmill. And that would, uh, the work that would work and, you know, I'll get by myself back in shape and maybe I can get myself back into soccer at that point. And, um, I found that of course I put the treadmill up to the pace that I used to be able to run <laughs> and I lasted like two minutes. And then I was like, you know what, let me just play soccer. Cause it, and just like go play with pickup with anyone who is like in the neighborhood and, you know, not trying to be competitive because I knew if obviously if you went out and I played with someone who I used to play with, that would probably put myself down more um, again. So then like just making things fun first and then uh, and then doing what naturally I enjoyed first and then, you know, going from there. I was interested to know, you know, when you were 
you know, training very hard for the Olympics, was the mental side something you had to to work on as well? Or is it something yeah. that, that has only, uh, you know, happened sort of since you've, since the Olympics? Yeah, so I mean, okay, so yes. So then, you know, like, I think it started in uh, college and that was like my first time I've experienced it. But I do remember, um, you know, because when you're an elite athlete, they also make sure that, you have like, they had sports psychologists come in and at that time, it just happened to like, they started to bring more in to bring relaxation techniques and making sure that you are okay and like having resources. And I think now there's a lot more. Um, and so then when I was always competing, cause you're always comparing yourself to other people and where people are at. And I've had pretty good coaches, you know, I've had to work on definitely upping my game because you know like you know sometimes it'd be like you know I'm at the start line I don't look as fit as all these people or I don't look like you know in that point a distance runner and I'm going to be competing against these people and you know when I went to train in Thailand oh you can drop another two kilos or something like that and you'd probably run a little bit faster and have a better chance at you know a higher placement um Thailand was a different, you know, setting and stuff like that. Mm. And so, and I think, you know, there's different pressures, obviously become, uh, you know, like being a soccer player for at least 20, 25 years of my life, you have a different build, like a different body build than anyone else. And I've learned that when I've gotten on the starting line before I even made the Olympics, I didn't look like other people, but I was able to run faster than other people. And I, convinced myself, you know, it doesn't really matter actually how you look. And I was like, it's actually an advantage for me because they, they won't, they're not looking at me. I don't look like I can run (laughs) um, (laughs) as fast as everyone else. Um, But I was like, I'll show you when I'm, you know, when I'm out there. And, uh, you know, so I think I used a lot of that when I went to Thailand, it was, you know, yeah, you can tell me that I live like this, but no one in the country has the fastest time, but I, so, you know, I kind of, use that to my advantage and um and just ignored it i think it's a shame that there's this pressure or a certain criteria that you have to to try and be you know with running a lot of it comes down to sort of the weight um that you are or the certain shape you are but you know clearly you're you know you've you've found your confidence and you're happy with where you've come from and your roots um having played football in the past um what was it like to transition from playing team sports to being in something which is so individual and goal-driven? I think I kind of liked it in the way that if I was always, you know, like if you played on a soccer team and, you know, half the team is not performing or they don't, they could, they just want to have fun. You know, they, they could care less to be competitive, um, which were uh, some, some of the cases on the teams I played. Um, So I was like, well, I know I work my ass off and, you know, um, and I was like, as long as I do the best that I can, there's no one to blame if, you know, I don't hit a time or I don't hit my goals and, you know, I know what to navigate. And if I find, you know, like I'm pretty intuitive. Um, so if I feel like I need to work on this or I'd ask my coach, like, what do you think I can work on to improve? It was much easier because you're the only one in control um, totally. it's, it's like having a, a control isn't it you've you've got so yeah. little control over the the factors and yeah I think I think you there is an element I do miss 
teammates and the camaraderie but I do think there is something very nice about sort of have, being in control of your own destiny a little bit um mm. I think like what you're saying with um that does come with its unique set of pressure and it's all on you and with that um your training for like the Olympics and things I just think it's so inspiring that you've taken your experience with mental ill health and still be able to train and put yourself in a place where it's all about comparison with an immense amount of pressure and you know still be able to perform I think there's a lot that our listeners can take from that and that there are resources like you said with the coaching and sports psychology that make that process a lot easier like that's still something that's available to anyone who's sort of perhaps suffers with mental ill health well I mean I definitely think you know like everyone was saying you know uh how was your Olympics and like uh, you must have felt so much pressure and there's you know like you only have so much pressure as the pressure that you put on yourself and you know um everything leading up to it as soon as I found that I was actually pretty fast and I could qualify every single marathon that I ran um which was I think four or five uh, by that point. Um, so the first one is to see if I can qualify and it is actually outside the qualifying window. Um, and so uh, not the first marathon, but one of the marathons that I ran. Um, so then every other marathon after that was, which was two or three of them, um, you know, was all trying to qualify. And so when I ran the Olympics, I, I you know, I knew where I was ranked because they show you your ranking. And you're just like, I'm just going to try not to be last (laughs) Um, (laughs) and like be as high up as I could. And I was like, and then when they said there was going to be really, uh, it's going to be hot weather in Rio and there's this, this, I'm like, great. I've trained in Thailand, some people, and I've trained in New York. It's really hot, really humid. I can, I can do this. I'm I'm capable of finishing the distance. Um, And these are things self-talk, you know, um, there's going to be people that are going to drop out of the race. Mm. I was like counting on how many people would drop out of the race. And then I'm like, and then when I'd pass somebody, uh, I was like, go my pace, go a little bit slower. And then you can always work your way up. And as every time I would pass somebody and it wasn't like anything to put anyone down and obviously I wouldn't say anything. Um, there's actually one girl who, you know, like I like, I knew her before cause she had the same sponsor as I did. And I was like, come on, you can, um, you can come with me and stuff like that. She ended up finishing behind me, but she had a faster, um, PR than I had, but you know, it was just like confident booster. And I remember coming up to one point where, you know, there's the, these twins who run for Germany and I was like right next to one of them. And she ended up passing me later on again, but, um, I was just like, wow, like, it doesn't matter. You know, like I, I, I think it was one of my favorite races besides London, um, in 2018, uh, because I had no pressure. I was like, I'm, they're not looking at me to win. Like, you know, I'm yeah. here, this is my culmination race. And I, I think it's, it I, must change. It must change things so much when the gloves are off and you're just able to run yeah. with, with no pressure. And, you know, I, I was smiling you. and like, you know, I like pump my fist at the, towards the, like, coming down the stretch like I never do that <laughs> like because um, you're trying to hit a time every single time you're running because you, you only have a certain amount of you know you can only race every four months or so um, to get a qualifying time. I think it's an incredible achievement um, 
So really looking back, I mean, do you, do you wish you got into running sooner than you, than you did? I think running came into my life at the perfect time. And, um, and, you know, what I've liked to have run earlier in my life. Yeah. Great. But I think, you know, for anyone who wants to start running or, um, is already running and they're coming across like little obstacles and stuff like that. Um, all these things make you a stronger person. And I think why I like the marathon, I think I probably like the half more just because you can recover out of it. But I think just because of my aerobic capacity, I tend to do better with a longer distance. Um, but you learn so much from every single race. I mean, if I you know put on paper every single race, I could tell you exactly what I learned from that mentally, like physically, like my build up to it like not any one of those were perfect, um, building up to it. Um, but you know, uh, learning to plan, like learning to, and I think these are the things that keep me out of the, the depression. Um, and then obviously learning what are your things that set you off, you know, like before it was like, people would say things about you don't have the body type, um, or, you know, um, it could be so many different things, but um, every time you go through something, you become stronger out of it. So if you can plan, you can take something out of it, um, write things down, diary things down. Um, I think that's my best advice about getting through like depression and uh, injury or whatever it is. And um, taking a positive outlook so it's all yeah. about making a plan and taking back some control that's what it sounds like um yeah. so for anyone um I know that there, there'll be quite a lot of people who will be training for autumn marathons now um where things have been postponed and a lot of those will be first-time marathoners what would be your sort of number one um tip for those people who are embarking on their first marathon well, I think those who are running on their first marathon, they've already done actually probably at least two or three months of work uh, before at least two months of work um, leading up to the marathon because they were supposed to run it this spring, like April, like now. Mm -hmm. um, so they've started their program and they've experienced it and they've hopefully learned some things about themselves or um, maybe picked up some injuries. So those who picked up injuries, I would say try to work on strengthening um, and doing strength work at home, easily done body weight stuff. Um, you know, I can, anyone can always shoot me a message on my Instagram or anything um, about that. Um, but doing strength training to make sure that you're strong when you're able to get out there and run more. If you are running outside now um, and you have the ability to and do it safely, um, I would you know, keep some mileage in there, definitely. And I would say, you know, because I write running programs and stuff like that, that, okay, well, how how long was your program? If you had a program already, it was like four months or, you know, 16 weeks. Okay, what is 16 weeks from your now current um, marathon date? And back plan. Okay, where was I before? Can I be ahead of it a tiny bit? Absolutely. And it is that time where there is all that time to do the things that we always moan about when we're running that we don't do, like the flexibility, like the strength of conditioning and, and sleep as well. Sleep is such a huge thing that, that so many people neglect as well. 
Um, yeah. So, so Jane, how are you? How are you enjoying, or how are you finding your running now? Like, how how do you go about your running now? Um, so I am pregnant. <laughs> um, so I'm thir- thirty-five weeks and two wow. days. Yeah, two days. Um, so uh, actually, it's only been the last three days I haven't been able to. Like, I I'm very honest with stuff, and um, I share exactly what's going on. And the last two or three days, I haven't been able to run barely, like walk very well, and um, trying to navigate that on my own and asking questions for people that um, I've worked with like physios and stuff like that um, and injuries that I've been um, going through and analyzing that and like could it be this and that um, or is it just you know the baby's getting bigger and they're sitting in a, a different spot um, so every day has actually been so I think I you know like I think again going through pregnancy is another experience that obviously I can share mm. and also like um, it definitely humbles you um, in many different ways. And every day is different. It's not necessarily the same. You can feel better or worse for the most part. I've felt pretty good, but on the running side, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, she ran, she's an elite runner. She ran blah, blah, blah. And there's people who are out there who have run half marathons during their pregnancy. I did not even get anywhere close to half marathon (laughs) or a marathon at any point. Like mine tops from the very beginning was probably I mean very beginning was probably like 12k and then like it just became on time and then like my brother even texted me because he's in New York he's like so um how do you slow yourself down I was like I don't need to like I just get out of breath (laughs) um so like it's not like you can actually control it there is like where you can push um but you really can't if you're paying attention um, because you can't breathe any, uh, I mean, you just breathe harder or, or you just kind of get this cramp like feeling or you don't feel right. Um, and I think that is hugely a point uh, important. And what I appreciate about running beforehand is like knowing your body and knowing when to push your limits and yeah. knowing when to stop. When is it an injury? When is it not okay? And obviously when you're creating another life, like, it's not okay if you're not feeling great and trying to push through it and, you know, trying to compare yourself to any other person who's pregnant. Um, and I would say like, uh, the assistant that we have, uh, she's a captain on our team. She was pregnant as well. And she probably did more things in certain ways than I did, but she was also taller. She's carrying a girl and you carry differently. So I think you need to look at many different things, but as any runner, I think, um, being in tune with your body, I'd say is huge. Um, yeah, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's a more extreme way of sort of what everyone should be doing, which is mm-hmm. to be listening, listening to your body at all times and, yeah. you know, and not always pushing yourself if you're not ready. And obviously it's, that doesn't just, that doesn't, that isn't just for people that are pregnant. I guess that's a lesson that everyone should, should take note of. Exactly. I mean, like the other thing would be like, I love, and I I've done more of it and it's been through my last two coaches is running for time, not for distance. Um, and you can, and obviously during this pregnancy, it's like, okay, I have a, I have a time I'd like to be out there. Um, but if it don't get it, that's completely fine. As long as, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I try to be out there. So 
it became like run, walk, run. And then some days if it felt good, I'd run, be able to run continuously. But I would turn on my watch, but I wouldn't look at it. I don't care about the pace. I just wanted to see like, you know, just to look back on it, to be able to say what I've done and just just be interesting for me. I think your Instagram, which is, um, you know, at Jane Runs for Life, is it's a really good sort of honest diary with with some great, you know, some fantastic running tips, um, some great updates on how you're sort of feeling and how you're coping. But it seems really accessible and really informative. And I read a post, I think it was you training on a treadmill and you said, well, I'm training on a slightly different treadmill with a curve on it because it's opening up my gate and it's making me feel more comfortable. And, you know, those types of things are just really, you know, I, it's going through, you've got, you've got so much great information there that people I think could use and um, could hopefully put into their own training. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, and then obviously, you know, when you post something for people who are trying to post something and be really positive out there, you're going to, and especially, you know, when I got that, okay, I'm an Olympian, I hit this thing, you will get comments that will, the one comment that like, just ru- you feel like could ruin your day. You're like, you know, like, I'm trying to be positive here. And then like, you know, from that treadmill, that's the same thing. I know the one you're talking about, someone goes, you shouldn't be running that fast on the treadmill. I was like, do you know, I was not running very fast. (laughs) Um, I I think if it's the pregnant one while I was running, I got, I also got a comment from my mom about, it's like, why are you running so fast? I was like, that was 10 seconds. Jane, I was going to actually actually ask you that. For some reason, I think pregnancy is something where people always feel like they, it's, it's the same as many other topics. People feel like they should have an opinion and it's even down to what food you put up and someone says, Oh, you shouldn't be eating that type of food group. Like, you know, is that, is that quite a challenge to be that candid and honest on a, on a social platform, but Um, without without fear of judgment or do you, are you just going about it, you know, your own way? I think, you know, I'm smart, smarter. I think it's a learning curve, but it's, I'm smarter about what I post Um, and I also have, I think you have to have that confidence and it's learned. It's, it's a learned confidence through all the experiences. I can't say it's from one thing from reading books and to building your confidence in different ways to having positive people around you and not basically not caring what other people say. And I'm going to post it up, even if there's not a lot of likes on it, there's, I think, it used to be what I found was if it had nothing to do with running and it was a family picture, which actually means more, I got like 20 likes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but I didn't care. And sometimes I kept that up. And in the beginning, I would erase it. And so it didn't show that there was only 20. Um, but now I've kept some of them up. There's one recently, which I thought was really nice about um, a, cl- a client I had who's done improvement and maybe the picture wasn't great or whatever it was. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Um, I think ultimately you're, you want to help other people improve and you want to, you know, help people learn and become more informed and, you know, and therefore you've got to put honest information out there that people can engage with. Um, But Jane, thank you so much for for joining us and um for anyone that wants to get in touch and i think jane's made it really clear if you've got any questions at all please do get in touch um with her and it's at jane runs four number four life um on instagram and you can find out so much more um and if you want to get in touch with um either myself or jess 
then do at runtalkrun or email Jess at which is Jessica at runtalkrun.com. And we'll put all the information um, about Jane and how you can get in touch as well on the footnotes for the podcast. So, um, so Jane, th- um, thank you so much and best of luck with the, with the pregnancy as well and balancing your training and your coaching. And I, ho- I hope it goes really, really well. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, I am 100% sure because we've figured out some technological difficulties for today. But um, I definitely, you know, um, would be willing to do another one uh, follow up or something like that later on. Um, And I'm sure, you know, um, we'll be partnering up and figure out how to uh, get in, like collaborate again. So but this is really nice. And um, to talk to you guys and to um, open up for anyone who else wants to join both our communities. No, it's brilliant. Thank you so much, Jane. It's been wonderful. Yes. Brilliant. So um, join us in part three um, in just a bit. We're going to talk a little bit about how we can cope with our mental health um, in this period of lockdown and some of the things we can do outside of running. So join us in part three in just a bit. Hello and welcome back to the Run Talk Run podcast, episode five, with me, Josh Pewter, and I'm joined with Jess. Hello. So really in this part, what I wanted to do is it was inspired a little bit about a blog that Rachel did this week on the Run Talk Run website, which is um, about journaling. And I think in this time where we can only go out and exercise once a day and there's so much emphasis on trying to run to help our mental health and this um, or to get outside and exercise I think it'd be a really great time to talk a little bit about some of the ways that that we some of the ways that we can help improve our own mental health without actually going out and exercising and um, so this blog came up at the same time from Rachel on the website which you can check out and it explains journaling so I was wondering Jess if you could explain a little bit what what journaling is absolutely so um even before lockdown journaling was something that I would engage in every day because it helps me so so much um journaling um well my experience of journaling is that it takes a different form every day um there's no one set way to write a journal um sometimes I will find it really hard to articulate what it is that's going on in my head. Um, So I'll spend my time journaling saying, oh, my gosh, I feel so tense in my shoulders. Or I wonder where that's come from. Oh, maybe it was that difficult conversation I had this morning. And then it goes from physical sensations. Um, But then other times I find it so easy just to splurge all all my thoughts and feelings onto the page. And it's this super cathartic yeah yeah. so is this something that you do or you you would recommend doing daily or is it whenever you feel like it how how do you go about structuring it um I reckon that depends um on who you are I know that for me I am the sort of person that I have to do something daily if I'm going to do it at all (laughs) (laughs) I have to commit to something um as part of routine so I do journal daily um and sometimes I don't want to spend ages on it like sometimes you don't have loads of time um 
like last night, for example, I was so tired. And literally all I wrote in my journal was, I am absolutely knackered. <laughs> and that was all that was needed. But um, for me, it's a daily practice. Yeah. Um, and is this yeah. something that you you go back to and you reflect on or is it something that once you've written it down you, you sort of you you leave it is it or you go back after a period of time and and you realize a pattern or something or is it or is it just written down it's out of your head and you've left it on the page um so absolutely it helps me notice patterns and it's not so much that I'm reading old entries all the time but say for example um so something for me that comes up quite a lot um, because I have a history of an eating disorder is um, I'll write down something about how, oh, I really must uh, lower my calorie intake, say, for example. And I'll write that down and I'll notice like, oh, shit, I said that two days ago and I said it a week ago as well. And it's like there's a pattern here and you don't have to read the old entries to notice that you're writing the same thing. Um, and it helps you sort of realise when things might be spiralling or um, do I, I do sometimes reflect on old entries, I think. I think I am at the, at the moment because I'm looking at the Run Talk Run journey as like on a whole. Um, and that's been quite fun to look at old entries. But yeah, I think so it's, a, so it's a way of getting thoughts and feelings and physical emotions as well as sort of you know, mental emotions, you know, down onto the page. Is it something that you're always looking backwards or is it something that you're writing things down that you're you're looking to do or you're looking to achieve? So is it just always the past tense or is it, or do you look sometimes towards the future as well? I think it depends what headspace I'm in. Um, I think often when I'm emotional or feeling a little bit crappy, um, can it tends to be in the past tense so I'll try and work out what got me to these crappy feelings um but it's also used as a positive thing as well so yeah I will sort of plan ahead in my journal and that tends to be when I'm in a more positive headspace I think yeah um it's more forward focused yeah that's probably a sign of where you're at I guess if you're planning going forward that's probably a sign that you're sort of you're perhaps in a better headspace um Mm, yeah so to someone that's thinking this is interesting and it's it's a good way of sort of being able to get things down on paper, how do you how do you recommend people start? Because obviously, if you've never written much before, it can, might seem quite daunting. So there, are there key ways that if you're really not feeling up for it, that you can start to engage or key things you can put down to start to get going? Yeah. So I think what I mentioned um, about focusing on the physical side of things can really help people because I think if you give someone a sheet of paper and like tell them to write about their feelings (laughs) that's not that easy if you're not used to doing that but everyone can sort of self-assess their body and be like oh you know even even from a running perspective like oh I've got a tightness in my calf and even from that you can sort of say okay well where's that come from oh it's because I'm running all the time at the moment and you'll naturally end up journaling (laughs) Um, (laughs) because you know you're sort of looking at what got you to that place of the tight calf and it might be that you're actually having a bit of a crap time which is why you're running more than you ever have um so I think yeah I think my biggest tip would be look at the physical side instead of jumping straight into the deep heavy emotional stuff (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's really sound advice. I mean, you know, since the turn of the year, I've been pretty much injured, and I think my relationship with running has always been something where if I'm feeling trapped or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling like I can't quite get the headspace, then I will always just go out and blitz a run. And this is always this has kind of been the first time where I've been like, ah, actually that's off the table now. You know, I can't just use endorphins as a way of masking, you know, how I'm feeling. Um, and so, you know, I, I've had to really look at some of the ways that that you know I can I can help myself. And I, I personally, I've always found music is the way that I do it. And I'm very fortunate that when I was younger, I got guitar lessons and and I played. But it's it's trying to find different ways in which you can kind of switch your brain off for a little bit of time um and music has always been that but um mm. you know and now I've got a little bit more time I'm also looking at some of the other things um and I I just I think you would like this actually I just ordered yeah. a coloring book of swear words oh that's fantastic <laughs> so it's this book where it literally has like loads of patterns and swirls and flowers and whatever but just smack bang in the middle is just the word in like written in like patterns. I need this. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, I thought this is this is a great book because you can not only let out your frustration through coloring, but you can sort of color in the words. You know, um, you're an absolute. <laughs> you know, like you can make it time. as pretty as you like. <laughs> <laughs> but the underlying, the underlying part of it is just sort of getting that frustration out. So um, I've done that, and um, also my, you know. It's been really interesting to see how other people have done it. And we've talked about the banana breads um, that are going on throughout the country right now and all the different baking. And I'm very grateful to the Teeting Group because in the last seven days, I've received cookies and Rocky Roads and Flapjacks. So there's like a, a bit of a baking club going on that other people are <laughs> using themselves. But <laughs> I'm definitely reaping the rewards of these little care packages that are arriving on my door. <laughs> Have you tried your own hand at baking or I've, just enjoying everyone else's? At the moment, I'm just enjoying everyone else's. I'm not I'm not too much of a baker. Um, but I do think there is so much to be said about doing something, you know, physical um, or doing something with your own hands to kind of just distract yourself and to calm yourself down a little bit. I mean, I know you were saying about the pebbles that you did the other week and painting them, but that must have been mm. quite a cathartic thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. Um... I say this a lot, actually, um, like the antidote to anxiety for me is is action. Um, just doing something, like you say, with your hands. Like <laughs> I often find that if I find myself in a bit of a spiral, if I start actually doing something physically, not necessarily exercise, then, yeah, it definitely helps take me out. It does, bit. doesn't it? Like my, my dad, for the first time in, you know, however long, you know, he's always been a salesman. He's always been in London every day and he's you know, he buzzes off other people and human interaction. And, you know, he, I called him at the weekend and he's getting such a buzz out of doing the ironing. My mum my cannot <laughs> believe her luck, but it's, you know, once he's done the garden and that's all done, it's like, well, I need tasks, you know, I need things to, to put my mind to and, to, yeah. you know, focus on. So for him, you know, it's, it's even doing the ironing um, is something that it's, you know, a guy that's probably never ironed his own shirt in the last <laughs> 30 years. Um, but yeah, he's so it's it's funny how everyone finds these how finds these little things. You know, I've um I've also been putting up I got a load of offcuts of wood and I've been putting up shelves all around the house and you know I, we've got so much storage space now. We don't, <laughs> probably don't need that much, but it's just 
again it's just these little home projects that are um that are sort of keeping you know keeping us going but you know Absolutely. i guess yeah. i guess with all this good weather and, and and everything you know we should we should make the most of it and and be grateful for what we've uh so what we've uh got um but yeah is there is there anything else that you've been finding that's that's been really helping um no like you say um just put, putting myself into like the arty crafty stuff I'm lucky to have a a young sister um who encourages that sort of play I guess yeah. um <laughs> that is just it it's just play yeah. um I think we maybe forget how to play a little bit like as we get older like everything revolves around the screen or self-improvement or having to put things out there to prove we're doing stuff but we forget how to play and you know, we've just been playing card games as a house on like a yeah. Saturday night. And before you know it, you spent two hours just playing cards and there's no real objective. I mean, apart from to beat my housemates, but there's like no bigger objective than to just enjoy playing, you know, and maybe yeah, we could it. all, maybe yeah. we could just take a bit more enjoyment out of just playing without the goal of feeling like we need to improve or get better, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was doing um, a word search with one of my sister's <laughs> <laughs> activity books I'm like this is the most calming and pointless thing I've done in a while and it's quite nice to just do things that are um yeah that seem pointless but it is play I guess at the end of the day absolutely so, um, well if there's anything that that you know you found in you know in terms of the run to run community or anyone listening that you've you'd like to share that you're finding that's really therapeutic or it's really helping you you know, apart from running, um, you know, do share with us because it's, we'll put them up on the Instagram feed and, and other people can, can enjoy them as well. So if you want to get in touch, um, message us um, on Instagram at runtalkrun. Run. Um, you can email us, which is jessica at runtalkrun.com. Um, and also do check out the website as well, because there's lots of great information and that fantastic blog by, uh, by Rachel on, on journaling and the, and the different types of journaling you can do, because there's, there's many, many ways you can go about it um so just i think that's it for this week yes yeah thank you um everyone for listening subscribing <laughs> yeah exactly do listen and subscribe and you want to give us five stars on itunes or you know four we'll take four it's not a problem uh, <laughs> then um then you know please do um and also thanks to jane as well for for joining us in part two it was it was incredibly interesting and uh you know she's got so much experience and, and such great advice so um so yeah, so that's that's five down, Jess. We're on to the, la the last one of season one next week. <laughs> no, it's been um, a great sort of journey so far. And we'll pop Jane's um, link to her Instagram in the footnotes, won't we? Absolutely, we will. Cool. So have a great week. Um, I hope the sun keeps shining and keep looking after yourself. And um, yeah, I'll catch up with you next week. See you then. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>